Hey guys, welcome back to the Players Podcast Australia. My name is Jeremy. Michael, Miguel, Miggy, Mikhail. Is that you? What's up, Jeremiah? Oh, yeah, that was good, man. See, I want you to give me those good intros like that. That was way better than anything you've ever done before. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Working on it. Vocal coach, got it going. Yeah, do the thing where you go, uh, and then like cut your throat like a bit. Actually, don't do that because then the Giants will be like, dude, why, why does Mick have a broken fucking trachea? And uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure be like, he, he definitely can't pitch this year. He definitely can't pitch this year. Hey, we just want to give everyone a quick cause, a quick cause, a quick pause for the cause to thank our sponsor, our show sponsor for this episode. It is, of course, the Baseball Sock Company, BSC, baseballsockco.com.au however you want to slice it it's the baseball sock company and they have come to us and basically said look we think you guys are all right which we kind of think well that's pretty cool because you know mix a bit of a douchebag and i'm really cool but other than that they they, they like us a little bit so they, they they wanted to support the show so we really appreciate that uh and and what they've actually done Mick, can you tell the people what they've done? They've given us a little discount code. And what is that discount code? The discount code is PP20. PP20. That's it. So if you go onto their website, you can put like a bunch of socks in your cart. They've got heaps of different colors of socks, heaps of different varieties. It's an Australian company. So they're just down there in Adelaide themselves. I looked at a couple of their, they've got some vintage and some retro socks up on their actual, on their like on their website. And it was on their social media. And you can see, dude, I was like, oh my God, this, these socks are like not expensive at all. And a little bit for shipping, which is fair enough. But then you get a 20% discount. I was like, stop the rot. I want to be there. And you know what you can do, Mick, if you get if you get some socks from the Baseball Sock Code? Do you know what you can do? I'd love to hear it. No, you don't know, do you? Go on, okay. tell, tell the people what you would do if you if you had some socks oh. from the Baseball Sock Code. Oh, I'd definitely wear the Hunter Pants pants. You'd, yeah, yeah, you'd wear the Hunter Pants pants, but also you'd rock out with your socks out. See, ah. that's their tagline, bro, and it's good. Me. It's good. I know that you wanted to go to the Hunter Pence Pants and all the other people listening to this probably be like, why the fuck do these guys keep talking? Oh, I probably can't swear on this bit. Why do these guys keep talking about Hunter Pence Pants? But we do because they're awesome. And that's what you wear when you've got high socks, when you're rocking out with your socks out. So make sure you check out the Baseball Sock Company on their website or on Instagram at Baseball Sock Co. Uh, Search them on Facebook, Baseball Sock Company, or just hit up their website, go straight into their store, Baseball Sock Co dot com dot au you can use the pp20 is that right Mick? is that what it was pp20 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 should we I th- i'd like to ring them and say can we change it to hunter pence pants 20 is that too long for, for a discount code nah it should be right let's try it but for now it's pp20 okay i promise you it's pp20 try that that'll give you a 20 percent discount on all of their current stock. There's also some really big things coming for these guys in, 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 in the new year. Uh, I don't know if I can say that, but I'm just gonna say that much for you. There's some pretty exciting things on the horizon for the Baseball Sock Company. So go check out their website, baseballsockco.com.au. I think that's it. I think we've paused for the cause. Mick, this is a pretty sweet episode that we've got coming up here. I'm pretty excited about it. Are you, are, are you, you were having fun too, I think. Where you, I don't know. Like I was just, yeah, it was great. I, I was just, <laughs> loved it. 
<laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't sound really enthusiastic, but oh. I, I guess that's just you all the time. Yeah. We are, of course, talking tonight. We actually talked to uh, the one, the only Travis Blackley. So if you don't know who Travis Blackley is, stop whatever you're doing. If you're driving a forklift, pull over, stop, drop the load and just Google this guy because he has been around some teams, man. There is a reason that his straight up Instagram handle is the Jersey Collector. This guy has, like we said in the in the podcast, played the Mariners, the Giants, the Phillies, a bunch of different places. It was really, really cool talking to him, hearing some of the stories from the road. Uh, we talked about, you know, pickoffs, the pickoff, his move, you know. Uh, we also talked about Trout, Miggy, A-Rod, Ichiro, these guys that he has, has all come into contact with and, and dealt with over his big league career. And it was just, it was really cool. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I know Michael really enjoyed it, even though you can't hear it in his voice. Um, he's actually sitting there with a massive smile on his face when he says things in his monotonal, monotonal voice. So you, you, it's, just, it's just, it is what it is. That's just me. That's okay. But you're probably, you're probably just super, like, you're probably just too excited because you know that you're going to be rocking out with your socks out over the weekend, aren't you? Yeah, I just, I have to contain it a little bit. Also, just for those for those listeners that are paying attention to our socials, uh, my club ball team colors won in the votes. Fifty three play fifty three percent plays forty seven percent. So suck shit. There you go. I won. Yeah, Myris Brothers Baseball Club. Yeah, take that. Same club. Yeah. Well, no. Well, you're you're with the good Hood Indians. So yeah. that's your that's your team. Yeah. Yeah, but my yeah. team colours were more popular with our listeners, so that's pretty cool. There you go. There you go. All right, we've, we've gone on long enough. We need to tell you one more thing. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. That helps us get up the ratings and stuff, and it makes us look like we're really awesome. Um, so that'd be great. Also, one other thing, if you're not already, make sure you check out our Instagram. It's at Players Podcast Australia or on Facebook, uh, search the Players Podcast Australia or on the Twitter. Michael, what is our the Twitter? The Players Pod AU. Jeremy. The Players Pod AU on the Twitter. And it's the funnest thing of, of this, uh, probably kind of talking to big leaguers is the funnest thing, but me getting to say the Twitter is also really fun at Players Podcast AU. Uh, that's it. I think that's it. Let's go through to our episode with Travis Backley, Blackley, Backley. Oh my God, I've murdered this intro, but that's all right. I'm going to keep it. I like it. I want to keep rolling with the punches. Please welcome Travis Blackley of the Brisbane Bandits on the Players Podcast Australia. And we're back. We're on. Here we are. We uh, finally got through some technical difficulties. Uh, if you don't know, my name's Jeremy. Mick, you're there. What's going on, man? Jeremy, how are you, mate? Oh, wow. That was a little bit of upward infliction at the end there. It wasn't all just like monotonal. That's really good. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I'm just working on the different the different types of intros. That's you what my are... teacher gave me this week. Yeah, I'm proud of you, man. That was me, your, your voice coach. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, let's not fuck around for too much longer. We've got a pretty awesome guest today. So, hey, who's there? Who we got? Hey, going? It's Travis Blackley. It's nice to uh, hang out with you blokes. Travis. Dude, we were oh, so we're so happy to have you here, man. We really appreciate you coming in and um, having a quick little chat with us. Uh, just a couple of dudes with a little pod, mate. And uh, hey, we've just ended up to bag a uh, ended up bagging another big leaguer. This is unreal. This is sick, man. Yeah, you know, keep doing long enough, you'll get this, will you? 
<laughs> dude we were just like we were just straight up we were just straight up talking before um talking about hats and then uh you know you just you just brushed brushed the nose there and uh saw a little little bit of bling a little bit of bling oh, yeah. on the finger there yeah you know a little little bling bling <laughs> so uh, what's that one for give us a look at that one uh this one here is the uh 2012 san francisco giants world series ring. wow you uh congratulations travis you are the first dude we have had on the pod that has a world series ring am i right mick i believe so yeah Congratulations, there bro. There you go. Thank you. There's not many of us out here. Um, well, I can't take all the credit. I didn't actually get to win it myself. Uh, I was on a different team when they won it. I just started the year on that team, and you know, I was lucky that they won it in the end and got me a piece of jewelry for it. So, nah. but it's a cool thing to have. And like you know, even though I may not have helped that team win too many games, it was a it was a fun thing to be a part of, and awesome, you know, obviously to have one. Yeah, I get it, dude. Like, and this has been a recurring theme. All of you baseball players, right? You're all really humble and, and lovely and all that, but I am not. Uh, I am not one of you guys. <laughs> I, I reckon, dude, you, fucking earth. You you won a World Series ring. Be happy, man. I'd be I'd be touting that shit oh, for I'm, sure. I'm stoked. I'm stoked, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, there's something different about what I would imagine it would feel like, you know, leaving the dugout and rushing the mound after winning it a championship compared to watching your boys do it on TV. And then, you know, eight months later you get a ring in the mail, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Not I, quite I, the same, but I had a, I had another chance, you know, we, we lost to Detroit in the playoffs and then San Fran ended up beating Detroit in the world series. So I honestly think though, if the A's had made it to the world series that year, we would have, we would have spanked the old, the giants. I reckon we, we smacked them all year. So <laughs> Still, uh, still, still thinking about it a little bit. Still bringing it back up, you know. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I like it. I, I can't take get myself out of 2012. That was my favorite year. Yeah, <laughs> and hey, you got a little bit, of, a little bit of hardware there just to uh, just to prove it. That's unreal, man. That's that's sick. That's really cool. And uh, I would almost say you would have picked up a little bit, uh, a little bit extra hardware over the last couple of seasons there with the Bandits. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, running out of fingers, man. But. Uh... <laughs> Nah, we uh, we got one for the first year. I think we were going to do one for the second year and probably the third and the fourth. But the guy, I guess the company that made the rings, something happened the second year round and we, we ended up only getting the first year one. And uh, I think the company might have gone down or something. And yeah, we uh, we haven't had one for number two, three or four. So, But hey, number one looks pretty sweet. It has, the, uh, it has like the Bandits B in black and gold. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, man. It has, you know, pretty much exactly like this ring, just um, it's more of a uh, – it's not the same kind of material, obviously, and uh, the, the black onyx or whatever it is looks pretty sweet, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's sick, man. That's so cool. And are you guys – are they making like – because even with your San Francisco Giants one, I had heard – and now tell me if I'm – speaking out of school here or whatever, but I had heard that it sort of goes like they put it out there and if you want to purchase one, you can, or they, or is it just not everyone that was involved in that team that year gets one straight off the bat. Is that how it works? I think it's different for every team. I'm pretty sure if you played a day on the roster, you get one. Um, but I know with the A's, uh, when we were, we had a meeting basically before the playoffs start, 
you'll have like a team meeting. Pretty much everyone on the A's that wasn't a rookie was in this meeting. So I was pretty honored to be asked to go in there and be a part of it. And we just decided playoff shares and how much people got for guys that were with us or how much time they had to have to get a full share, so on and so forth. But not just that, but like clubhouse managers, uh, the guy, the security guard that waits, sits by the dugout and gives you a pound every time you walk by, you know, like the the lady that, that uh, cooks the meals. Like, dude, there's so many people to go through. I want to say there was something like 280 rings uh, going to be doled out. Now, was there a, a different level for each, you know, whether maybe the 25-man roster maybe got – you know, or, or the 40 man or whatever got like the A grade ring and then and the coaches or whatever. And then it was like tiers of levels of diamond quality or whatever as you went down. But no, it was pretty cool to be a part of. So, and, that, and that's something that I actually, I've been a lifelong baseball fan and played baseball my whole life. Um, and that's actually something that I have only just learned this year in regards to the fact of like playoff shares and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. for those listeners of ours that probably aren't as familiar with it, could you, could you explain that? Cause basically once the team makes the playoff, the playoffs, then that, that there's a, there's a bigger dividend of money coming in and you guys then work out how to split that up. And then obviously that also has to go through of like your, your staff. And like you mentioned, the, the, the security guards, the clubbies, the, Everyone. Is that right? Is that yeah. my understanding of that? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So every level is, I think, you know, just making the playoffs, there's a certain amount of share to it, you know, for the, the divisional series. Right. And then you'll have the, uh, the American or the national league championship series. Um, uh, even now you'd have the wild card games, although we didn't have to go through that, but yeah, like I bet, I guess the money is for, uh, I guess it's formed by how many games you have. Um, I want to say the first four games worth of uh, uh, of like ticket sales goes to the players and the last three go to the owners. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, so in the World Series, owners want to see that, that go seven, but they want to <laughs> win ultimately. Yeah, um, of course. I think that's right. Could be three, the other way around, three and four from what it was a long time ago now that I actually heard that. Um, but yeah, so obviously for us, we had a five game series in the ALD, uh, ALDS. We lost in five games to the um, Tigers. Um, so, you know, I believe our share was around 30 grand for the first yeah. round. Uh, yeah, but I also know that a full share for winning the world series was close to 400 grand. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's like a whole nother, you know, it, it, it helps to get yeah. all the way there. Um, but I, it would be even more every year that it, every year after one another would be even more and more, you know, because obviously inflation and just how much more money they're dragging in through these World Series um, and TV deals and all this, you know, and that and the other. So it's it's I crazy would, now, isn't it? The yeah. The TV deals that these like clubs are signing. And I mean, over to, across television, I, I follow a few different things on, on, you know, in regards to TV and they all talk about television deals record. It's a record time for it. And it's, you know, clearly a thing of people are preferring live sport. But I mean, like you said, like you're seeing some of these deals for these small market clubs now that 
man, they would have just been like, I wish I could have had this 10 years ago. You know, they, they might've been able to compete, but it's not, yeah, it's just, it's crazy, huh? That's just mad. Yeah. The money's at all time high. Yeah. yeah well, the, the heavy believe it's not, you know, baseball's not as popular as it used to be, but it's very much as popular as it ever was. Well, I mean, that ties in perfectly with the news that we've got here in the last couple of days that the the ABL is set to reach nearly 100 million US households. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's got to be huge. I mean, you being a guy that's that's played the big leagues and then obviously also you've you've played a lot of years here at the ABL as well. um, How do you feel about the fact that now that there's a heap more people in the US that are actually going to see this product? And how do you think that bodes for it? I think it's great. I mean, we, we used to get the championship game televised in America. Uh, I can attribute my last time around with the big, uh, in making it to the big leagues from pitching in that game. You know, I pitched in the, in the Melbourne for Melbourne versus Perth back in 2011. And I got seen by the giants, uh, Bobby Evans. He was the giants assistant general manager I had previously played with the Giants back in 2007 before this. So they knew who I was and they've obviously seen me playing and I was had a great game. And I got a phone call. We ended up losing that game, but I ended up getting a phone call after the game from him directly saying, hey, man, I just watched you pitch. You know, you were 92, 94 with a, with a 80 mile an hour curveball. You know, you're looking better than you were with us last time. We'd like to give you an opportunity to make a team out of spring training and I said sign me up man I'm in like and then what about eight weeks ten weeks later I was in the big leagues there you go and then and then you know and then I was uh I wasn't up with them very long because uh they had an injury guy a guy come off the injured reserve list and then I got designated and then the A's claimed me and then I finished the year with the A's and then the next year with the Astros and the Rangers so yeah it was uh all of that kind of came from you know pitching in that game because I remember that time I was nervous I was pitching as good as I had in a long time I'd just come back from Korea and I was probably had my best stuff that I'd had in my career to to date and actually ever and yeah I ended up uh, getting that gig and getting that second opportunity and taking care of it you know so it, it's it's cool because like Moilo said something very similar. I mean, he was he was out of the system. I mean, obviously for a little bit longer, and then and then going through that WBC, and then yeah. you know, it's three months from club ball to to the, the AAA, but to the big leagues in the end yeah. was it was well, three months. Was, yeah, I mean, he wasn't in AAA that long. If I remember, Joey Devine was giving up Grand Slam night after night, and then they. They canned him and brought up old Pedro and, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> you know, the guy ended up shoving up there and, uh, and holding down a job for years to come. So that's all it takes, man, is being on fire at the right place at the right time, getting that opportunity when you're at your best and taking, taking care of it, you know. The hard part staying in the big leagues. It's hard to get there. Don't get me wrong. Don't take that lightly. Obviously, otherwise, otherwise everyone would be doing it. But it's harder to stay there than it is to get there. Well, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. And 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 Mick and I, I re-listened to the Moilo episode. We had a chat with him. And Mick and I stupidly asked questions like, 
what was the first thing you did? Like, when did you sort of basically, because, well, probably more so me, I was talking on mixed behalf, but we asked some questions and stuff. And, and, and in my head before talking to, before asking Moilo, my head was kind of like, if I was up there, you know, like one or two years, you'd kind of almost not so much take the foot off the pedal, but relax a little bit and maybe enjoy it a bit more. But from his saying, and from what you're saying there, and from what everyone's sort of telling us, it's not like that. Like that's not how it is. It's a fucking grind every single day, every single year, yeah. like come back for a spring training invite. And it's like, Oh, like we and, don't see that. And, yeah. Until you get that big contract to where you're guaranteed years, then you could possibly take you off the pedal, but then comes the pressure of living up to that big contract. So you never take your foot off. Yeah. Uh, but when you're not safe, you always, I mean, there's so much talent there. Like I didn't have the best stuff. I mean, even on my best days, there were dudes in the AAA and double A that had better stuff than me, but you know, maybe I was a little better at being consistent. Maybe I was just, I don't know. There's just, you know, my combination of things was keeping me up there. Whereas they might've been, you know, walking too many guys or, you know, but there was definitely more talent below me than there was above me. You know what I mean? And I was constantly looking over my shoulder for the first couple of years. Um, like my first couple of opportunities, I would say. And I, I still remember the first time I actually took a, like a sigh of relief when I was told I didn't have to worry about that by Bob Melvin. We were, we were, I'd been up there. I'd had a history with Bob because I'd, he'd had been a manager of almost every team I'd played on before. And when I first got picked up by the A's, their plan for me was to send me down to AAA like they'd done previously with Richard Thompson and Luke Hughes that year. And that I was going to get my two weeks and then he was flat out open with me about it. And he said, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't keep your job up here. If you pitch well, you're going to earn your spot. So, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to go down anytime soon, but I, I mean, I pitched for six, eight weeks before we were in Colorado and he used to make a trip around the outfield during batting practice every game, every day. And he'd never come to me. Like I bat out the shagging balls, standing with Balfi. He might roll over to us for the toys to talk to Balf. Like he never came to talk to me. And this day he came out and stopped at me and like, I'm like, well, and he's, you know, kind of giving me compliments here, like saying I've been doing really well. And like, you know, I seem to be fitting in well with the guys and like, you know, I've, definitely been holding my end of the bargain when it comes to when I had the pill in my hand and he said you know you can you cannot you don't have to worry about anyone coming up behind you anymore you're not you're safe at the moment you know like you're doing well keep keep it up and that was the first time I ever heard that like and that was oh couldn't tell you how good that made me feel and I pitched great after that like for a long time so it's nice to have that stability but it can be yeah, it can be a real stressful environment. I mean, not just the playing. The playing is the easy bit. Yeah, it's stressful in front of people, but I love it. I love that vibe of like feeding on the adrenaline. And, you know, I love that feeling of being like, it's not scared, but it's like on the edge. You know, it's like an adrenaline junkie. It's that kind of like, you know, scared of failing is there. Scared of failing is there, but obviously, uh, you know, it's more for the millions of people looking at you fail. But it's scary, but... I like that feeling. The most stressful was the trying to keep your, your job, honestly. And, and also the crazy betting people that rip you when you have a shit game and they, you know, they full on like almost say they would like no one to kill you kind of thing. <laughs> if you lost uh. the money. I mean, they don't, 
Uh, threat, the life-threatening had been there a few times, but, you know, you take it, like, whatever, man. You're just full of shit, as if you're going to do that. Like, <laughs> but, so you, um, it's, it's crazy. You've I had guess, some... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mick. No, I just no, want to ask him. You've yeah, had some actual... You've had, had some actual crazy sports betters going, hey, let's oh, get yeah. this blackly bloke. <laughs> oh, no, no, not like that. Like, I remember I had one... Like, I had a couple, but I had one that really stood out. It was in spring training. Right, worst time you could ever bloody bet on a game. We're just getting, we're working through stuff. We're trying to get ready. Uh, I came in to pitch the ninth inning of a game against uh, against the Reds. We're winning by two or three runs. I think two runs. You know, the the rule of thumb is if you're going into the bottom of the ninth as the hitting team, you take a strike. If you can't tie the game up in one swing, you take a strike. You make the pitcher get himself into trouble. Good old old mate Donald Lutz is leading off the inning. I didn't know him at the time. He was a double A guy, I guess, at the time that was, uh, you know, trying to make a team. And I've, you know, I've not been a closer a whole lot. So I take that, you know, rule to heart and I go at him first pitch of the fastball up and in. And, you know, he ends up, I end up breaking his bat, but the ball flew off the fence. And anyway, I end up blowing that lead. Now we, we end up winning the game. But this guy had a specific bet, I guess, that meant that, you know, it had to be one in nine innings, maybe. I don't know. But he ripped into me, man. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't tell you I've ever been hit that hard over a message. And I obviously didn't didn't really lose much sleep over it or nothing. But that was the <laughs> first time I really, like, was like, damn, this guy is coming at me for that? Like, it's baseball. Well, you're an idiot for betting on a spring training game. And I even wrote back to him and said that, you know, but uh, what is he going to do? He's probably from bloody Michigan or something like I'm never going to see the guy. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. <laughs> I guess uh, oh, it's big business. Yeah. I guess Trav, we hear like who we've talked to, we hear a lot about like the on-field stuff, but like off the field, you're in the big leagues. Like maybe you could take us like through a day, of like, you know, um, let's just say you finished a game um, in Oakland and then either I'm assuming you've got a road trip is your next series. Are you getting on a plane that night after the game or are you the next day, the next morning you're going? What, what, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, if you asked Pete this one, you probably would have got the same answer. Like I think all the teams roll the same way, but um so yeah we just get done with the game we shower up at the field chuck our suits on the bags are already being put on the bus for us you know or on a truck for us um our baseball bags we pretty much they're packed for us by the time the game's over but we can add obviously they just pack the essentials we add our other things to it and then we don't worry about zipping it up they all they all pack that for us after we we ended up going through security at the field like, so there's a TSA group that come there, they check your bags or whatever. It's pretty loose. So um, you get on a bus, that bus drives directly to the plane. Like there's no going to the airport. It's an airport, but you're not going to a terminal or nothing. You just, you literally get off the bus and take five steps and then walk up the steps to the plane. Um, you know, the rules on the plane. I mean, it's a really nice plane. Well, the planes are on were nice. Um, you know, big kind of like every seat's a first class, oh, like a business class recliner. 
Um, we actually used with the Oakland A's, we actually used one of Mark uh, Cuban's planes, the Dallas Mavericks planes. So there's heaps of leg room for all them uh, giant NBA stars. Um, but yeah, you know, you didn't have to wear no belts or like you could be in the toilet on landing or takeoff. Like they didn't care about any of that. Um, there was proper steak meals going around on that, like from Morton Steakhouse and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the same at the other end. It was crazy. And the money, you know, obviously there was a bit of a couple of card games going on. You know, there's a bit of money floating around in that. Um, I, I, my first time on one of those planes, I tried to get in on that poker game and I got, I got pushed around a little bit, you know, for, you know, it was a hundred dollars a hand and, you know, I, I'm sitting there with like a couple of hundred dollars thinking, Oh yeah, I'll get in for a, see a couple of flops. Yeah. And then a couple of the veterans would push that shit up to 500 bucks a hand before, even <laughs> if they got nothing just to make me pay to see a flop. And I <laughs> lost a quick couple of hundred bucks and decided I'm good. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with a few of the other teams I played on, you know, a couple of, um, couple of bure hands who were getting up there around the you know a couple of thousand dollars after a while but yeah uh, it was uh it was fun it's a bit exciting oh i I had i won i won one of the best ones i'd ever done oh (laughs) smoked my boy sergio romo in a game he he he, some reason he went at me in this but i won every hand and booed him and it was a twenty seven hundred dollar pot right on the landing (laughs) <laughs> so he had to go and pay not just into the pot, but he had to refill the pot with another 2,700. So it was a big loss for him. But yeah, it was, uh, right. that was the only time. That was the only time I ever walked away up a lot. Um, but anyway, yeah, you get off the plane on the bus straight to the hotel, you get your own room. It's, you know, the couple of the lads will get together and go to like another nice steakhouse or something if it's early enough. Uh, otherwise it's straight to bed and then, uh, you know, get up and go to Starbucks in the morning. Yeah, right. So I guess one of the other questions is like when you were, I see, I hear it a lot and people get interviewed and a lot of rookies in other sports, like your rookie year, did you ever have to pay for like a team dinner or anything, anything crazy like that? No, see, I think those other sports like basketball and football, normally those uh, rookies are like coming out of the what first round or second round they've, they've just got paid a couple you know they've probably just got a huge deal a lot of the guys that rookies that come up for baseball they've just slogged out for seven ten years in the minors they got no money like this is the first money they ever got i don't think i've ever heard of anything like that unless they were a proper bonus baby at the draft uh you know maybe a maybe a credit card roulette or something like that might be on the cards but nothing too crazy um well, I have heard of a few guys running up bills and then just leaving and leaving the rookie to pay. <laughs> but, but I'm pretty sure that every other time they ever went out to eat, that they picked that guy up. Like, I, yeah. they're pretty pretty good about it. I'd heard that the guy, um, Durrow, Trent Darrington actually told me this when I was um, a junior, I'm lucky enough to train with him. And he told me that um, how it worked for a couple of times he was around the guys at the Red Sox was – the guy that was on the most money ended up picking up the tab if it was at dinner. Is that would that would you say that would be something that you had heard as well or around or Yeah. I mean, from what I've noticed everyone's different. Yeah. No, I'd say most of the time it's the guy that making the most money usually is the guy that puts his hand up and just doesn't put his hand up. He normally 
you don't realize it's been paid. Like the guy will probably get the waitress or waiter and just give them the, their bloody platinum card or whatever it is, their black card and say, yeah, this is on me. Um, and then before I know it, everyone's standing up to leave and I'm like, well, what are we doing? Are we paying? It or... <laughs> um, and Look then, at this. Yeah, like, yeah. So. The players podcast tackling the big, the big topics like uh, who's getting the bill. I like it, man. Yeah, you, nah, you. It's, sorry. I was going to say it's our responsibility as young as the Australian guys that make it up. Like in spring training, if there are any Australians within like, you know, in spring training, like I remember when I was at the Mariners, I did all the Mariners, Aussies, all the Padres, Aussies, a couple of guys from the angels uh, or a, uh, we had somewhere else, uh, a, yeah, that whole area around uh, Peoria, Arizona, where any Australian in that area, and I think we had 11 of us one day, and we took them all out to eat and paid for everyone. And that's just kind of like, you know, I'm sure Liam Hendricks has, if he's around any Aussies, he'll pick them up and take them out. It's just kind of uh, what happened when we were younger. And, um, yeah, like I remember Chris Snelling doing it for me. Uh, who else did it for me? I had a couple guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think Balfour, Balfour did it. So yeah, like you got to, you know, kind of pay it, pay it back to the guys coming up behind you and, you know, keep the tradition going. Again, it, it's man. cool. Those, those young rookie ball Aussies, they've been looking up to you and you come over there and take them out and pay for a dinner and, and, you know, talk the stories and let them know what's ahead of them and, yeah, you know, it's the kind of thing I don't think the Americans do that for each other, you know what I mean? Because there's so many of them, so it's cool. Well, dude, that's that's like honestly, like that's one of the things we've found with this our little podcast, even right? Like it's just this, and I think it comes back to this this community feel, like this Australian baseball community feeling, like literally, like you know, mixed plays in the ABL. I'm just a guy that I've you know played baseball my whole life, whatever. But um, we, you know we're just reaching out to dudes and dudes are like yourself. Yeah, sure, man. Love to come on and have a chat. You know, it's just like, Oh fuck mm-hmm. this. <laughs> it shouldn't be this, yeah. this good, you know, like, but it should be harder. We shouldn't be able to have access to these guys or whatever, but it is, I think it all comes back to that thing of just, it's just a community, man. And we all want to see it succeed. We all want to see it do really well. And yeah, sure. You know, you sit down and have a chat with us or yeah, take those guys out for lunch and, and have a feed and, and, and tell the stories again it's that's what it's all about it's that's awesome man that's really cool that's that's great mm-hmm. and i'm sure you'd have i'm sure you'd have quite a number of stories because i'm for those of you that don't know like for the listeners at home um let's just run through i've just got a little bit of a, a little bit of a list here of 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 where you went and correct me at any time if i'm wrong but organizations you were the mariners the giants phillies d-backs mets athletics go over to KBO giants athletics. And then it just, it continues on and on and on from there. But, but, but Reese, like, obviously that's a guy that has been around and has seen some different organizations and has played some baseball. And also I really wanted to say this before you said you were like, again, you were being humble. You were like, Oh no, nah, man. You know, I know those guys in AAA that had, you know, better shit than me, but like, come on, there's like half a dozen scouts there that have all said the same thing that reckon you should be, you know, in, in this system. So I'm going to give you a wrap there. Okay. But the actual question, right. Is coming from this going through all of those organizations, right. And being in that, like, what was the, what was that like? Was it, was it a big difference going from say, for instance, the Phillies, the D backs, the Mets, 
or was it much of a muchness as far as hey it's cool i've just got to keep grinding like we were talking about before or what what was the go there what was that like for you uh so it was it was definitely the first half of my career or like you know the first six years of my career i was with the mariners right and when i had been traded by them to the giants i was like one of four guys that had been there no i think there's only three or four other guys that had been there as long as me left so i was like on a you know first name with everybody like front front office all the coaches um you know obviously i was somewhat of a prospect in their organization because i had quite a fast you know rise to the majors the first time around before i had my surgery uh so yeah, I knew everybody and then, and then I got traded and, you know, I was, I was actually really excited. Eh? And, and the fact that it was San Francisco, that was cool. Like I, uh, so at that time it was so weird. Eh? I got, my parents were flying out to America and they took off expecting to be driving my car up to Seattle uh, with, you know, at the time with all my stuff in it. Cause I had to take the plane with the rest of them. And then they landed and I showed up to pick him up in the airport and gave my dad a San Francisco Giants hat. And he was like, what the hell is this for? And I'm like, well, at least you only have to drive halfway now. Like, <laughs> you have to go all the way to Seattle. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, the next year in the off season, I got rule five by the Phillies. Um, again, quite a you know, exciting time, rule five. It means you that know, I have to make the big league team or I, you know, get to go back. Um, had a really good spring that year and just things kind of happened politically, Sorry, I guess. I can't do that in that app. Okay. Don't know why my phone, I'm like, well, I watched the side to say that. But um, yeah, so I ended up, uh, you know, that was a rough year though in the end. I'm not going not gonna to lie, that was a tough, tough year and I wasn't a big fan of that organization. Um, the next year, the Diamondbacks uh, on a big league on a big league uh, contract was pretty cool. Um, again, though, didn't make the big leagues. I was getting paid, you know, pretty much a big league salary, but I was in AAA. Um, tough year though. And then going to the Mets, I mean, they tried to make me a side sidearm guy, a submarine pitcher. I threw six innings for them, and they released me. And then I went to Mexico for two weeks before the A's picked me up. Um, and then yeah I had great time with them I was probably about to get a call up and then my elbow I had a bone chip slip into the gap in my elbow and lock my arm up and then I end up having to have surgery like two days later and I missed out on a call up that year so I was so tired of all that I went to Korea and then obviously after Korea then we had that good run uh, across for four teams and then I went to Japan and uh, that was kind of the biggest mistake of my life. That was a horrible season. Just, I don't know why they paid me all that money to go there and be in the minor leagues, but uh, I pitched really well for them in the minor leagues and didn't get many opportunities in the big leagues. So, um, and when I did, I didn't pitch bad. I mean, I was one and one in three games. I won one and I lost one and I got a decision in the other and I didn't do bad, but that was all I got. And then after that, I kind of kicked around triple a with a few other teams and went to mexico for a year or two and went back to the big uh back to the tigers in 17 i think and then that was kind of where it ended i didn't really make a team then and they uh by that stage i think i was 35 so yeah now i'm 38 and i'm definitely hanging them up at the end of this year 
but uh, yeah, until when the Australian cycle finishes, if we make the Olympics or not, that'll be my last. I, I hope to make my last game in a in the green and gold, and then go to coaching. Yes, so I know uh, you just kind of hit on the you went from kind of the big leagues over to Korea. What for you? What was the biggest adjustment? Um, I guess from a pitching perspective, um, going from big league hitters to obviously big leaguers in Korea, was there much of a difference or was it kind of the same? Well, I actually went to Korea out after I'd been in the big leagues, but it had been a few years. I'd been in AAA for a few years. I only took that job in Korea because I was tired of being in the minors. I was, you know, on this unstable money and it was a nice looking contract to go for. So I took it. Um, for some stability financially obviously and and for the experience and they were that was a very good league I mean they're very good hitting league Um, but I I mean I was as I said I was hitting my stride 28 years old I was starting to find my best stuff and I actually did really well over there but Japan it was different because they don't strike out they literally hate striking out and they would do anything not to strike out uh, they would foul, foul you off, foul you off, foul you off. And it was just, it was just so tiring facing a lineup like that when they wouldn't even hit you hard, but they would waste a hundred pitches in five innings off you. It was just like the longest 25 pitch innings, dude. I felt like they just would stick around. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had one game where the leadoff hitter started off in the first inning with a 21 pitch at bat and I walked him. I'm 22, 21 pitches in. I got nobody out. And then luckily for me, I got a double play out of the next guy. And I ended up going seven in 120 pitches that day. But that yeah, sounds yeah. a lot like uh, I actually used to, I faced Mick a couple of times off the hill and I, I 21, 22 pitch at bats. Yeah. Yeah. Basic shit. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So more like three and you were sitting on your ass, but that's all right. Yeah. 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 Sure. 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 <laughs> You so yeah wow that's it's so it's crazy hey like just going through the differences of the hitters hey like the North American guys you know the Koreans and then obviously the Japanese that's that's nuts yeah. and then and then hey. out here I guess it's yeah. different don't again. forget the Mexican the Mexicans are great man they're so good look at the how they went in the Premier Twelve I'm I'm gonna put if we're not in the Olympics if we're not which is as I'm calling Mexico for gold if if we're not there to knock them off. Oh, okay. That's a hot take. I want. I there was another hot take before, but that that the hot take about you retiring. I was like, can we have that as a scoop? Have you told everyone about this? Or what? Told, well, I nah, you've told really everyone. Clear. I haven't told people. I just, I mean, Mark Reedy from the Bandits knows. Uh, you know, other teams who had reached out to me in the off season know that this is weird anyway, and I'm not looking for to move. I just want to finish here. Um. Yeah, I just in it's. I don't want to. I don't want to go out on. I don't want to go out like getting getting thumped by these young kids coming up. You know, my body isn't handling, and my arm still feels great, but my body is just not handling the workload anymore. And having two hundred days in lockdown didn't help, man. I mean, there's only so much you can do, and you can't leave your house and. Yeah. get to a field and throw i mean i didn't pick up a ball for no joke like a couple months and it was yeah that was rough 
Well, I mean, I honestly, I've I've followed your career for a little bit. I'm obviously, you know, baseball fan and a Bandits fan. Uh, I wouldn't have said you were 38. Come on, man. I think you're doing good. I'm just going to give you that. Give you another little compliment, man. Compliment pod. So, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's fair enough. You don't want to go out on your back. Don't want to be the guy that's the uh, the old gunslinger like that. No, that's cool. I got it. Go out while you're still fucking dealing, man. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Go out in your terms. Oh, oh he's gone. Oh, he's gone. And there it is. And then he did. And he went out on his own terms. <laughs> I got that recorded too. And Fuck. We'll see you. And goodbye. Okay, and that was it. Record. That's what he did. And he just went out on hey, his own terms. He went out on his own terms. I thought everything was going good. I was going to wrap it up. Oh, soon. here we go. Here we here go. He's come again. You got to press yeah. record again. <laughs> Don't know what happened right there, eh? We were just talking about you going out on your own terms and Mick and I just... <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> we just popped so hard. We're like, and he went out on his own terms. There it is. That's it. We're done. That's hilarious, <laughs> man. I didn't even... Yeah, nah, you should have oh, ended yeah. it there. We should have called it. Just said, that's it. <laughs> Mystery of the Travis Blackley episode. Uh, <laughs> nah, I, but nah, back on that. I wish that this season had been regular format. I feel like... It's going to be very interesting having 28 games in 24 days. I don't know how that's going to – or 24 games in 28 days, whatever it is. That just seems like crazy, considering the other teams are all playing in, like, what, a few days now, and we're not kicking off till January 5th. Yeah. Um, yep, playing, a double, playing double headers against two teams, like, that's going to be weird. I've never never done that before. Um I mean, we're looking good. We had we had some pra- we had a practice game last night where we're looking solid. Our hitters are on, uh, and we've got some good young pitchers. Our young our young boys that are probably going to be on the uh, in the development squad. I'm I'm blown away by how the talent coming up here in Brisbane is. It's unreal, and I mean, there's some talent all around. I saw a kid in uh, in a couple of kids in Melbourne that are looking really good now. I see a kid in South Australia. Uh, who looks really good. Who, uh, I haven't never seen him pitch in person, but i uh, seen him online a little bit and had a little chat with him and told him if he ever needs anything that, uh, you know, to, to hit me up. So. And that, that's and it, actually one thing that I've, I've tried to do when we get guys on that, uh, that have had, that have gone to that next, that, you know, the top, the tippy top. Right. And, and, I, I, I'm going to just ask, I want names. I was like, give, give me a couple of guys that are, that are in that bandits organization that you look at that we can say that I want you to say, dude, keep an eye on this guy or this guy. And, and, and let's put those young dudes over. Cause that's what this is all about. So come on, hit me, man. Hit me. I'll give you Brendan Bidois. He's going to be, a, he, he might get a few opportunities for us this year. Like he, he just signed with the, with the Pittsburgh pirates last year. Um, yep. he's got a really good live young arm. He's obviously still learning his craft, um, but the promise is there. He's, he's fun to watch. Um, the kid I was talking about in South Australia, I don't think he's going to be a chance to play with the bite. He's super young. He's like 16, 17, but his name is Riley Yeatman. Yeah. Uh, and I've just been seeing him uh, through Twitter uh, Tank's been Tank Adamson's been chucking him up on his Twitter, and I've been catching him that way. And he looks very promising, young guy. He's massive, throwing with a great tilt, really good curveball. Um, 
but I'd love a chance to, you know, see that guy in person and, and maybe work with him. You know, I've been doing a lot of pitching coaching in Melbourne um, over this year, even in lockdown, I was able to get out because um, I live kind of close to the, the field. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I found a bit of a passion for doing that. And one day I'd like to be a manager, you know, and um, you know, pitching coaching, obviously to start, but I think I'd, I'm too, uh, I'm too much of a student of the game, not just pitching. I'd like to be a manager. Uh, I think I'd be, pretty good at it so um you know one day we'll see what happens but uh yeah and down the road you know i think uh i'm i'm looking towards maybe doing some hopefully division one colleges in america looking to be in the coaching you know i think pro bowl is a bit of a waste i think it's you don't get to do much actual coaching there it's more it's more uh I making, making sure you don't mess them up yeah. You know what I mean? Like making sure you don't try and change. You're not changing anybody at all. Even if they need it, it's kind of a sink or swim mentality there. They really don't do changes to mechanics at all. Um, unless it's an organizational thing, they might have a meeting about one guy and saying, all right, well, this is our plan with him. We're going to change him. But it's like, you can't just sit there and watch a kid throw a bullpen and say, and tweak him a little bit in pro ball. You just can't like, they don't let you do it anymore which is really weird to me, but I get it. You don't want some, some guy coming in there messing up their prospect because he's changing his mechanics when he doesn't need changing. So, yeah, but um, college is where it's at. I think that's where you get a real chance to impact their lives and help them get to the opportunity to get to the big leagues, you know? So that's yeah. if I'm living in America anyway, that's if I end up living in America down the, down the road, which is most likely with my wife being American. Yeah. Um, but if I'm here in Australia, I'd like to have the opportunity to, you know, work with some of the young Australian kids coming up that are, have good potential. Um, so, yeah. Who knows, man? You just, we just you don't know. Hey, and like, like you said before, this, this season coming up, yeah, it would be great if it was, uh, if it was a bit more of a normal season. But at the end of the day, I think uh, early on, I know in this, in this podcast early on, we were like, the dirty word is to say that we might not have a season, but that's, that's a thing. That was a thing. And I mean, Hey, we still don't know tomorrow it might all be canceled with all this shit, how it is, but um, Hey, we've got baseball and at least we've got baseball and, and for you guys, it's great. You know, you, and I think it's great for me because I'm only just down in New South Wales. I was in Brisbane the other day. Um, and, and so like, I'm going to be up there watching the games and stuff for sure. Uh, yeah. So I think this schedule is going to be heaps of fun. Um, what do you think of it as a player? I mean, obviously before you said, you know, yeah, it'd be interesting. We've, we've asked a lot of the guys what their thoughts are. Um, and do you have any sort of anything that you think might, oh, this might be something to look out for in this regard with the schedule the way it is? Or what do you think? Um, well, being that it's only going to be seven games, that that's just weird to me. I just don't know. My whole life I've played nine in the games. And I get seven in for double headers. But, I mean, I get it too for TV deals. They want to do seven innings, keep it in that two-hour range. But I don't know. We'll see. It's probably a good thing, though, considering we're playing all these games in such a short amount of time. But 
I played seven innings in club ball this year through, I don't know, I know, I know it's club ball, but just through that. And it was weird as heck, man, even at that level. So I couldn't imagine sitting there watching, you know, an ABL game or a big league game and they're only playing seven or like five innings. It's or, so weird. Like, all right, who gets, who's the pitcher of record? Like, if you've got to go yes. all those games, are you going to get the starter going four innings, right? Twice through the lineup, the way the game's played these days, you know, you're not going to see a starter go through the lineup a third time. You're just not, not in a seven inning game. They're going to go straight to the bullpen, you know, with their best guy. What if he only gets four innings in or whatever, like, and you take him out yet it's a seven inning game and he's winning. Does he not get the win? Does the guy come in that comes in for the fifth, get the win? Like, cause that, it's not a nine inning game, you know, and we're not going to get the opportunity to go seven very often. And that was always my benchmark. I was always kind of upset if I didn't get to throw seven, if I didn't pitch well enough to get seven, that was like, I failed that day. Even if I threw six and got the win, uh, seven was always kind of that goal of every game. And I know I'm not going to get that opportunity this year. There's just, you can't afford losses. You know, you can't afford to just, Oh, let him roll out there for the sixth and seventh, just because, he's him and he's doing well. It's like, nah, let's button it down and get the win now. Let's go set up guy, closer, bang, bang. There's only 24 games, you know, you've got to make the playoffs. You can't mess around with trying to like, you know, stroke an ego or two, you know? So what's going to happen there to, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a weird thing. Hey, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Nick, you go. No, I was just going to say, I feel like all the imports are going to come in and they're going to be like, they're going to, they're going to be like, oh, game, seven innings. And they're going to be like, what, what's going on? There's still another two innings left. The tied game after eight innings and you got runners on first and second to start the bloody inning off. It's like, what are you going to do then? They, they'd be like, wait, 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 what's happening here? What's this international rules stuff? What are... <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun. But hey, yeah. That tie, that, that tie break is weird. That's, yeah, I'm not a big fan but of They that. implemented it in the big leagues this year and it seemed, I know. To be a hit. seemed to be a hit. So I think we're, I think it's here to stay. I know. Which is but whatever. Are you I'm a, a bit, I'm a bit weird as I'm a bit of a traditionalist. My mate and I uh, have this chat all the time about it and he's like, you're too much, but, but I'm also pretty progressive in some things, but yeah. So I, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mick. Yeah. You feel the same way. Say, I, yeah, it is a bit weird. I, I just want to know, Trav, are you a, are you a Rob Manfred fan? Or are no, you not at all. Ruining the yeah, there we go. There we go. Love, love it, man. Love it. There I it love is. it. That's what we want. We got that I honesty. Mean, dude, the guy's trying to move the mound back two feet. You kidding me? He's he's trying to stop left-handed pitchers being able to pick off to first base unless they step off first. That's just tired, mate. Well, I have heard, I've heard so many stories. I'm glad you said that because this has given me a nice little segue to pump your tires one more time before we wrap it up. But you're, I have heard so many times you need to talk to him about picking off the first base because a friend of mine told me that they saw your move to first and he was like, it was just sensational. Like that you gave a, uh, you gave a clinic. Uh, in regards to picking off the first base. And they said, it was just like, holy shit. And I was like, oh, okay, well, hey, here I am. I'm going to ask him. So here I am. What, yep. uh, yeah, fuck, man. Give me all it's your secrets. Thing, yeah. It's the things you don't <laughs> think of. Oh, I can give all my secrets, man. Doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really matter. I've tried to teach a lot of people this and it's not something you're going to pick up overnight. It takes hours and hours. Uh, 
put it this way. When I was a kid, I always had that sneaky little bork move. Obviously, going to America, that wasn't going to fly anymore. I had to learn how to make it. I had a pitching coach in high A in 2002 who was a lefty who, you know, claimed he had a good move and he would work on it with me. And, you know, while everyone's out doing BP, uh, I'm on the mound there working on the pickoff move. Um, kind of came up with a lot of, you know, little pointers to, you know, help guys out. But again, it's it's one of those things where guys just, they can think they know, they think they're doing it. And then if they were to video it and they look, they're really not doing what they think they are. It's a muscle memory thing. It's a, <clears throat> it's a timing thing, big time. You know, like a lot of guys, they'll have this certain rhythm when they pitch to home, but when they're picking off, they'll be faster or they'll be slower and it gives it away straight away. Um, especially if it's a decent move, then guys are actually got their eye on it. They know you got a good move. Most of the pickoffs I get, then I'm not trying to pick anyone off. I'm just trying to keep them close and they pick themselves off. And it's a matter of they take their eye off me too soon. They get complacent because I get in a rhythm and I try and be the same every time. And then right when I want to go over and it's more or less a time when I'd expect them to maybe do a hit and run or maybe get the runners going. That's when I throw it in there just to keep them honest and they'll pick themselves off or a, a catcher or a first baseman that isn't a base dealer that don't get big leads. That that's exactly it. They don't get a big lead and they know that. So they have to get a big secondary lead to make sure they can at least like break up a double play or something. So they're kind of taking their eye off me earlier to get that early break off the bag. And I end up picking behind them and they get themselves out. So that's it. And when I try to pick somebody off, I give it away. Like you can see it straight away. Something I do just gives it away. So I just have to tell myself, be smooth and just, just do it like you're being nonchalant. Like you're just trying to keep them close and then they'll get themselves out, you know? So it is, uh, you know, like that's probably the one part of my game where I, I'm not so humble about. I know it's a good move. I've done, yes. uh, you know, I've picked off more people than I, – I, I, there can't be too many people that ever lived that pick off more people than I did. I'm not there even you know. lying about that. There I, mean, you know. I think I saw a game actually where – did you get Elvis in twice in the same game? Yeah. In yeah. Soto, I got four of them in the same game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got Elvis twice and Giovanni Soto twice in the same game. Oh boy, uh, uh, that's, got a, that's Ichiro, a... I got Ichiro once, right? And the cool thing about that was I never got him again, but I did once do a leg lift while looking like like giving a, one of my leg lifts where I kind of look back at first before going home, where he wasn't about to get picked off again. So he's gone back into the base with his covering his ear like they do you know and i've thrown home and then the guy hit a two up at a third base and before Ichiro could even turn around he's already got the ball coming from the second baseman he had to get out of the way of it so for the double play i thought i'm pretty good about that you know got a rod got uh got jeff kent once in double a before i'd ever been to the big leagues he's a, you know fresh out of the all-star being an all-star and he's at first base and i got pat borders my catcher you know on the bench saying uh you know yelling out to him at first base hey man keep an eye on him he's got a good move and then i pick him off and he he didn't even run he just took his extended i picked behind him and he didn't even try and get in a rundown he just no joke just stood there and went let himself get tagged in. <laughs> so 
it's just, just one of those things I'm proud of. And I put that work in, dude. I mean, I'm yeah, up hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours of work standing around working on it. So oh, yeah. I deserve it, you know? That's one of those things, though. Honestly, like I've noticed just through like in young representative players now, they you will go and talk to them and you say, oh, yeah, what's your move or whatever. Like, and, and this is purely at a club ball level, right? But like just young dudes now, no one's practicing that shit. They aren't getting taught it as – and definitely not at a rep level. I don't think maybe higher up and maybe in, in your, in, in where you are now or whatever, but I don't think they're getting taught it. I don't think they're taking the time to, I think it's just something that'll, especially white, right? Like young righties, they'll just, they just treat it as something that they've just got to do to like a fucking scrum in rugby league, you know? So we've just got to do it and stand here, but it's like, it's so much more than that. Like there is so much fun there and there's a craftsmanship there that, if you actually take it serious, hey, look at this guy. He just picked off fucking Ichiro oh. and A-Rod. Like, come on. Do you know how many runs a year I used to save myself? Like, I I had the Pacific Coast League and the Texas League records with 25 pickoffs and 27 pickoffs in a season. That's 27, 25 20 to 27 potential runs that I saved myself, not to mention the, the maybe other 100 or so guys on first base that didn't they knew I had the move, so they didn't get off as far as they would normally and got in a double play, you know, that weren't able to break up that double play that I saved myself so many runs a year. I mean, as I was saying, this is another cool thing. I had Jamie Moyer once, you know, come to me and say, hey, man, do you mind meeting me here for some early work at 6 a.m. tomorrow? You know, and uh, and I I thought he was going to teach me something, right? I I show up, I'm ready, like, yeah, man, I'm going to learn something here. And he get he has this bucket of balls and says, right, I want you to show me how you do your pickoff move and teach me how you do it. And he already had a pretty good little hang move. Like it was, he was a reader. I'm not a reader. Like people think I literally can hang like Craig Anderson and then pick off as soon as they go. It's not, I'm predetermined. And if you choose the right time to run on me, you will get me. But got to choose the right time and i'm always looking i'm always looking right and if you're showing me something different i'll pick off you know if you shorten your lead i'll pick off if you stand your lead i'll definitely pick off you know what i mean if you, you've got to have to literally do what i do and put me to sleep by doing the same thing and not giving it away because i'm watching the every game i'm not pitching i'm watching every dude on first base watching their tendencies because i i can pick up an extra out just by knowing a guy that he's going to do this when he's about to steal, boom, got him. You know what I mean? It's, and I'll remember it. And that's why I get those kids from Auckland the last couple of years. I've got a bunch in a couple of games there. And I mean, there's the young Americans. I don't know who they are. And I watch them and I, yeah, just, yeah, I'm going to get you. If you get on base, you'll, you're toast. And sure enough, but the Aussies, the Aussies are harder to get. They all know, they all know I got the move. Now that some of them don't even bother getting off more than, a step and a half and then they'll really wait 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 you know and that's cool i won't even pick off in that sense because all my job's done if i stop them trying to steal i've done my job i don't care if i get an out from it it's nice but yeah the pick off is definitely something i'm a big big fan of and i try and teach all these young lefties but man it, it's it's not easy man <laughs> it's not easy yeah. they don't find it as easy so what, um, just quickly before we wrap things up, obviously you've thrown against a lot of good hitters in the big leagues, but like, who would you say was the toughest hitter that you had to throw against in the big leagues? Cause I've, you know, you've thrown against Trout, you've thrown against Poulos, you've thrown against all these guys. So who, who you got? Oh, I mean, 
the one that gave me the most trouble or the one that like I either the one I think is the best hitter. The the best hitter you think and the I one who gave you the most trouble. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm never gonna change this. My best player is my favorite player, Mike Trout. Absolutely no hitter like him. But um, Miguel Cabrera is quite close. When he was good, uh, he was pretty tough. But those two would say would be the ones that are the best hitters I'd ever faced. Um, I mean, I, I faced King Griffey Jr. too. He's pretty damn good, and and so was Barry Bonds. So I mean, but Mike Trout for me has a lot of. Uh, there's only one spot you can really go where you're kind of safe. Everywhere else, he's going to take you deep. <laughs> what's his What's his spot? Up in the zone? Yeah, up and away. Up and away, you can just keep feeding it there, and and you know I. I was talking about this the other day with a couple of kids. They asked me the same question and I, I told him I used to pitch him in with my cutter off the plate because he used to go in off the plate to get it. But I, I would get a lot of foul balls, just free strikes. And then I either went up and away with the fastball or I backdoored the big curveball and get him looking. That was the way I got him out. He he took me deep once and it was on the only changeup I ever threw him. He never got another changeup. But I'd say he was maybe one or two for like 15 um, with a bunch of strikeouts, like I did really well against him. Once I figured it out, there you um, go. We've just unlocked. We've just unlocked on the pod how to get Mike Trout out. So, oh mate, hey, I'm here's the thing, man. I couldn't keep doing it if I faced him a hundred times and I kept doing that same thing. He's amazing hitter. He'll adjust, you know. So, but the majority of the outs I got were up and away or backdoor curveballs. There's nothing I could get by him down in the zone over in the in the zone, but down there's nothing you could get by him. Unreal. But uh, yeah, and Miguel Cabrera obviously is amazing. Um, but the hardest guy, dude, and you might laugh about this because he's not like the best player ever, but he just fucking did my head in. Is Kendry's Morales. He hit the biggest jack off me I've ever given up, for one. <laughs> two, he should have had a two-home run game on a different occasion against me, but my Coco Crisp robbed both of them. Uh, <laughs> Coco Crisp, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Oh, Let's mate. go, Coco. I like the it. Best outfielder. That guy's unreal. He yeah. can throw, though. So, like, luckily we had Josh Reddick that if he fielded a ball in right center, he would underarm, he would just flip it up to Reddick and he'd throw it in. It's a, like he literally couldn't throw from the center field wall to second base without it rolling there. Like <laughs> that's like me. <laughs> hooked on. But uh ripping dude, ripping teammate. But yeah, Morales just him and him and guy named uh Alberto Cayaspo. He took me deep a couple of times, believe it or not, little bastard. He got me a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise the big name guys I seem to like really like, I don't know, get more intense for those guys and had success against him for the small amount of times I faced him, you know, but. Well, speaking of big name guys, I mean, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't be the players podcast without me mentioning it. I am a huge Manny fan. Um, I'm super pumped to come and say, I, it, when I heard that he was playing out here, I was like, what the, like, I named my dog after this dude, man. Like, I love this guy. Like I'm a big fan. This is the coolest dude when I was growing up. But for you, like, you're going to face this. You're going to face this cat. You're going to go up and, and get him out. Like, what are you thinking? Are you just going to – what's your plan going up against someone like a Manny Ramirez uh, or a Delman Young or someone like that? Man, oh, well, I'll tell you what. Facing guys like that in Brisbane is ridiculous because they don't have to barrel a ball to hit arm run. Like, I mean, I, last year Delman got me, and I swear to God he hit it off the handle. Like, 
inches from his fingers and it went over the bloody fence. He's so damn strong. And, uh, you know, he's just inside out on everything. Whereas Manny, I think, will be similar too. Now, obviously, we're not going to get, you know, 2004 Manny, like MVP Manny. We're not going to get that guy. He's 50 years old pretty much. Or we were looking like at him. Mick and I were looking at some video of him before you jumped on the Zoom, and he's looking lean, man. I was like, yeah, oh, I, I get that, I get that. But here's the thing, man. Like, there's difference between watching a guy taking cuts in a cage versus facing dudes throwing 90 mile an hour. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and he's a great hitter and a Hall of Famer, and just like, I agree with everything you, about him. But he's whatever age, you know. I mean, there's a. And, I mean, he's going to get some balls out. He's going to hit some homers for sure. But there's no way people are going to – if they expect to see, you know, MVP Manny, they're, they're holding it a little high, I think. And yeah, uh, no. he's a great player, a great player. And totally he's going agree. to be fun to face, fun to face, I reckon. And that was the thing. That was what I was getting at, though. Like, that was – I was actually like, oh, because yeah. seeing him walk around on the on Instagram, whatever, and all the stuff of him just walking around Sydney, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. just sort of looks like himself. He looks pretty good shape. But then – seeing him in the in the uniform today taking cuts i was actually like oh like this guy that was to me and no no respect to him or whatever I mean, he's not gonna listen to this whatever who fucking cares so but i was like he, he he looks that was where i was like oh he looks a little bit like he's 50 you know what i mean like he looked a bit smaller and 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 he didn't have the obviously the mass but you know like he he looked a bit skinnier and and yeah that's delman I think with the lean a, yeah, yeah delman i think's a way bigger threat oh. but but like that being said like manny's manny and he's gonna be you know as as i said man like he's got he's got everything to lose like you know what i mean like he's got the the career he's got the stigma he's got the name and all these young pitchers are going to be like licking their chops to be able to say they punched out Manny Ramirez. I know because I feel that shit when I'm pitching. This young whippersnapper coming up to bat who's bloody 18 years old, fresh first game in the, in, in, in the ABL. And he's like getting to face and he's like, some of these guys, kids these days wouldn't even freaking know I am there that bloody young. But uh, <laughs> on now. On now. no, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. I was in the big leagues when they were bloody literally in primary school or preschool. Yeah. But, um, you know, like getting to say that, you know, I've got everything to lose. I'm expected to get them out. If I don't, they hit me hard. That's, you know, and you do, you feel that sometimes. See, actually, I don't know. I'm a bit mean to the young guys. I come up and I actually try. <laughs> instead, of, instead of giving them like, Poor old Curtis Mead. He's a great killer, young player, but I never gave him a, I, I never just took it easy on him because, you know, and he'll get me eventually if he, oh, who knows? We'll see if he does, eh? He's only got many opportunities left. But, uh, you know, I'd always try hard, you know, to, to get him out because I know this kid's licking his chops to be like, you know, put me in his book. That's, yeah, that's, that's just good. the mentality. That's the mentality of playing baseball, you know? Like Absolutely. I was the same way. That's competitiveness. Yep. That's why you got to where you are, man. That's, exactly. Yeah. I faced Dave crazy. Nielsen the first time and bloody oath. I was trying to punch him out. You know what I mean? Like yep. uh, I was damn straight. You know, all these ABL dudes I watched that played in the old ABL that I'm facing, like your Dave Clarkson, your Richard Vags. I'm having like I, first chance I got to go at them. They literally got my 100% effort. Like there's no laying off on them. Even three Oh, uh, they would get my best pitch. And that, that is what I expect out of these young kids that step in the box. And I don't throw hard like I used to or hard as I used to. I never really threw that hard, but 
So like my my uh, uh, what would you say? I I don't have the uh, luxury of missing my spots as much as I used to have. If that yep. makes sense, uh, yep. you know, I pitched for the first time last night in a in our practice game, and I actually pitched against the Young Buck Bandits, and you know, all of them from Young Jacob Nielsen and and who else did I face? I faced a couple of young young fellas, and yeah, they're all coming up there g hacking on the first pitch, just like they want me, they want me in their book. You know, it didn't happen for them, unfortunately, but uh, oh, well. nah, I was, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know that that's what's going to be. So Manny's got it, going to have all these young kids trying to get after <clears throat> get after him because when are they going to get the chance to face the famous Manny Ramirez again? That's it. But great that's for it. the sport. I'm super stoked that, he, that someone like that would come out here and it's going to put us on the map even more. Um, yeah, I can't think of a better a better name. I thought Delman was a great name to bring out here and, and you know, an established guy. But Manny is obviously another level for... Yeah, it's huge. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, mm. super stoked is is exactly it. Man, look, that's exactly what we are. We, we thank you so much for coming on uh, on the podcast, sure. man. Honestly, like, I can't wait. I'm going to be up there. I'm going to come and uh, I'll be that guy over there just going, hey, 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 dude, hey, 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 hey. And you'll be like, fuck off, man. Fuck right off. Nah, it's cool. But look, we thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Good luck with the season. Um, and look, we're, we're, I'm rooting for you guys. I'm a Bandits fan, even though, you know, even though my mate here plays for, for, for the Giants. But, yeah, but yeah. It, is, it is what it is, man. It's all cool. Um, at uh, you also, I have to give you award, the award for probably the best Instagram handle uh, at the Jersey Collector uh <laughs> is that a boy uh he's he's got a few jerseys no doubt so if you uh if you aren't already uh you probably are he's, he's got a, a way more followers than us but check him out on instagram at the jersey collector uh that is travis blackley man thanks so much for coming on the pod we really appreciate it once again i appreciate man. it man thanks and, for having uh, me man hey take care man and uh good luck with this year and hey and uh hope you uh hope it goes your way and you get to just ride off into the sunset man that's awesome It'd be nice, you know, fill up the fingers with one more. That'd be hey. Good. hey, I'll hey, say that hungry. to Bobby. Dude, I said that to Bobby. I said that to Justin Rasmus a couple of weeks ago on the pod. I said, it's, it, I don't think that's over. Everyone's, everyone, the way that sort of talks, it's like, oh, you know, four in a row. And then, oh, yeah, fucking, because everyone was out to get the band. It's that, that, fifth, yeah, that we had a year. few injuries and we definitely had a slip. We slipped up a little bit. We, we took a thing. I, we think we, uh, I wouldn't say we took it for granted, but we uh, things didn't go our way. We had a bit of a rough year, in, in but yeah, the boys are hungry. The boys yeah. are hungry. They 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 feel like we let ourselves down because we kind of had this viable year. Like ah, oh, we just got to get to the playoffs. Once we're there, we'll be able to switch on. We've been there, you know. We know what's up, and we just left it too bloody long and didn't, you know, get where you know if we had a snuck in we would have been backing ourselves even from the four hole like even from being the last team in having to take the long way to the top we would have backed ourselves to knock off whoever was in first in the first round you know because we have the pitching you know i mean and and a hitting our whole year was just not there but yeah this year the boys have been playing for the last six weeks already um and they're looking good as i said we had probably there were about seven jacks hit last night so like Balls the boys are hot. The boys Balls are going to come in feeling it, dude. I'm not lying. And we got some good Yanks coming over too. So, yeah. It's gonna we're, be a, uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good month of baseball, man. Good couple of months of baseball. It's going to be unreal. Yeah.
we'll Look, let the league we'll let the league talk about everyone else but us. We, we don't mind being unheard of and coming. Come ah, there it is. I like it. I like it. I like the subtle jab. All these see these young dudes, man. They don't. They can't. They're too afraid. But I like it. It's good. It's good shit. Thanks so much for coming on the pod, dude. We appreciate it. And uh, look, hopefully one day we'll talk again soon. This is awesome. Thanks heaps, bro. Cheers. No worries, bro. Take it easy, boys. See ya. There it is. That was our chat. That was our chat with Travis Blackley. That was it. What'd you think, Mick? Was that fun? It's really fun, Jeremy. Yeah, it was good. Dude has seen some stuff, hey? Crazy. Crazy, crazy amount of stuff. Yeah, that was sick. So good to uh, have a chat with him about all that. And and obviously to hear, you know, hey, that's it. He's wrapping it up. He's wrapping, uh, he's calling it, uh, calling it a day. That might be career. A, I think that might be a hot take. I think we actually do. And we do have the hot take in that regard. I think we, we are pretty much journalists now. So that's yeah. sick. Yeah. That's good cool. on us. High yeah. five. There yeah. we go. Zoom high five. Oh, baby. There you go. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That was fun. Look, we thanks Travis. Uh, so much uh, for coming on on the pod and having a chat with us. Um, if you haven't already, check out his Instagram at uh, the Jersey Collector, uh, and also check out our Instagrams at Players Podcast Australia on Instagram. Check out our Facebooks, the face, facial book, facial book on the Facebook, the Players Podcast Australia, uh, and also Michael. You know what I'm going to say. This is my favorite thing to do. What is it on the Twitter? The Players Pod AU, Jeremy. The Players Pod AU. He is at Michael Gain. What's your, oh, no, wait, what was it? Come on, give it to us. Come on, give it to the people. The people want to hear it. Come on. Oh, I don't remember which way it goes, but is it Michael Gain? That's the name? No, I think it's uh, it's the name Michael Gain. Oh, there you it's go. the name at Michael Gain, but said with like a bit of swag. So just give it a go. Uh, just give it a go one more time. It's in the name, Michael Gain. No, no, no. Now you're doing the EA Sports thing. Now you're like, <laughs> EA Sports. It's Michael Gain. That's not you. That's not what your thing is. Yours is, it's yours is, it's in the name, Michael Gain. Like you got to say, cool. It's in the name, Michael Gain. That was okay. That That's getting better. But it's in the name, at Michael Gain, is, uh, is, is Mick's tagline as well as his Instagram handle. My Instagram handle is at J-A-J-E-5-5. And guess what? I'm not giving you my Snapchat. That's not happening. That's not what this is. So sorry, but whatever. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review on all of the Apple podcast and whatever. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Download it. Do what you got to do. We appreciate you guys, uh, you know, showing us some love and having a listen. So thanks heaps. And also check out all our sponsors and stuff on our socials. Uh, you'll see all that stuff. I think that's it. We thank you so much for listening. Thanks heaps. Bye.